You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. He's lost the joy of his salvation because he's lost the fruit of joy of the Holy Spirit. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, what goes away is love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, kindness, self-control. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. So if you grieve the Holy Spirit, you quench the Holy Spirit, you quench all of that too. David had lost his joy after grieving the Holy Spirit with his terrible sins. Pastor J.D. will teach that the work of God is possible in the midst of our brokenness. Brokenness brings you closer to God in ways that you could not come otherwise. You experience greater humility and compassion for people. Brokenness restores joy, praise, and thanksgiving for God's incredible mercy. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 51 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This is one of the things I'm learning is that brokenness brings us closer to God in ways that we could not otherwise know. It's only in and through that brokenness. It's when God has us all to himself (laughs) that he's able to do that deep work in our hearts that he could not otherwise do. As I look back over those many dark nights of the soul in my life where it was just me and him. It's been said, I I think it was Corey Tin Boom famously said once, that you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And when you come to the end of yourself and you're just utterly broken, and it doesn't necessarily have to be because of some grievous sin like it was for David. It could be just something through no fault of your own, out of your control, that has come upon you, that God has allowed to happen to you. It can be through a family member. It can be through that son, through that daughter, through that wife even, through that husband even. And you're just broken. And it's in those times when you realize that you're never closer to the Lord than you are at that moment. And... He's there for you. He does not hold it against you. I I think it was Oswald Chambers that said that God never faults a man for despair. God never casts us away or turns us down when we come to Him and we're down and we don't know what to do. The situation is so hopeless. We see no way 
that any good can come from it. It is utterly impossible. One of the most difficult times in my life was when our daughter Noel died. That was a, a time of brokenness, not because of grievous sin, but it was just one of those things, you know, we're not exempt in this fallen world. And it was during that time that I was the closest that I had ever been to the Lord. And again, as painful as it was, I would never trade it for anything. To this day, some 13 years later, we would have celebrated her 13th birthday this year. I still think about what she would have been like as a teenager. <laughs> we got one that's going to be a teenager pretty soon, as I won't have to think about it very long. But <laughs> I just kind of think, what, what would her personality have been like if she didn't have trisomy 18 and she lived and didn't die? And so all of those thoughts go through your mind, but the one thing that will never leave your mind is the deep work that God did in your heart and mind in and through that brokenness. So what I want to do in the remainder of our time is just share with you four things that come as a result of brokenness. I suppose you could call these the blessings of brokenness. And the first one is a humility before the Lord. You know what's striking to me is how David humbles himself before the Lord in repentance for his sin against the Lord, asking for mercy from the Lord. Right out of the chute, verse 1. Think about this. If pride comes before a fall, and it most certainly does, then so too can humility come after the fall. And I would suggest that that's what happens with David here. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame. Oh, by the way, <laughs> the shame that David had very publicly before all of Israel when he had been found out. When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Here's how I see it. Pride equals folly. Humility equals wisdom. And if pride comes before the fall, then certainly humility can come after the fall. But it takes that fall, that brokenness, that contrition, that repentance, and then what it births is this humility, this much-needed humility. And what humility brings is wisdom. The second one, and this is a biggie, it's a compassion for other people. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the best things to come from brokenness, at least for me personally, it's this compassion for others. 
especially those who are going through something that you yourself have been through because you've tasted from that cup. And when God brings us through these difficult and painful experiences in our lives, we feel for others in their lives. It's been my own personal experience that it's those very painful experiences that give us the right to even speak into the life of another because we ourselves have been through what they are going through. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Apostle Paul is writing, and he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. I cannot tell you how many times, in fact, it just happened this uh, last conference. I just, it wasn't in my notes, I just was prompted, I, I believe led by the Holy Spirit, to encourage those who, like me, had experienced the death of a child. Afterwards, I had so many people come up to me with tears in their eyes, sharing with me how their son was killed in a car accident. One, their uh, son was murdered. I mean, the, and here I'm able to, though my daughter didn't die that way, I can still be an encouragement to them and speak into their lives, because I know what that's like. Because I too have experienced the death of a child. And for you, you know, you've, you've been through things. You can encourage those who are going through the things that God has got you through. You can be a comfort to them. You can be an encouragement to them. God has given you a compassion for them so that you can minister to them. Here's the third one. Brokenness brings about this sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. This is where verse 11 comes in. It's kind of been the source of some confusion. David prays that God would not take the Holy Spirit away from him. I mean, what? What's he saying? What's he asking? Well, I believe that what he's asking for is that God would continue to speak in that still small voice 
of the Holy Spirit. You got to know that not only has he grieved the Holy Spirit, he's quenched the Holy Spirit. And that convicting voice, that still small voice of the Holy Spirit has been muted in his life. And what he's saying is, please don't take that voice of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit from me. I believe that because of what David says next about restoring the joy of his salvation, which is the fourth thing that comes from brokenness. It's this restoration of joy. It's important to understand that David did not lose his salvation, nor did he lose the Holy Spirit. What he did lose was the joy of his salvation. And that's what he's asking God to not take away from him. He's lost the joy of his salvation because he's lost the fruit of joy of the Holy Spirit. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, what goes away is love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, kindness, self-control. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. So if you grieve the Holy Spirit, you quench the Holy Spirit, you quench all of that too. His joy had been lost. And rightfully so. Thankfully, when there's a godly sorrow that leads to a genuine repentance and brokenness, the joy of the Holy Spirit returns, and might I add, it's instant. Let me explain and expound on that for just a moment, because I think this is important, and maybe it's for somebody here tonight. Never imagine that when we repent, there's a godly sorrow that leads to a genuine repentance. Never imagine that God is in heaven going, not so fast. What you did was really, really bad. This is gonna, I'm gonna have to take some time on this one. No. Mercy is instant. It has to be. It has to be. There is no sin that is unforgivable except the sin of the blasphemy, the rejecting of the Holy Spirit. David didn't do that. Adultery is not the unforgivable sin. Murder is not even the unforgivable sin. <laughs> By the way, uh, you better be ready for this so there's no surprises. In heaven, we're going to have a lot of murderers in heaven. And before you look at me all pious and spiritual and holy, remember when Jesus raised the bar? not just murderers who have shed blood, but murderers who have cursed their brothers and their sisters, committed murder in their heart. We're murderers. We are that man. We are David. We've all sinned and fallen short 
of the glory of God. But God is faithful. If we will confess our sins, he is faithful, 1 John 1, 9, to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You know what that original word in the Greek New Testament for all is? Ready for this? Wait for it. (laughs) All. All. The, The jury isn't out. It is finished, period. There's nothing more we need to do. He did it all. All. You know, one would think that knowing that God's mercy is instant, we would not wait a second longer to confess our sins. But see, the enemy doesn't want us to do that. So he gets us like David to cover it up so that he can build this infrastructure of guilt and condemnation in our lives to destroy us. David almost got destroyed. This almost destroyed him. Came very close and God knew it. God in his grace and mercy knew that he could not wait one more day to send Nathan to prophet. His repentance was all that was in the way of God's instant mercy. And when God forgives, the joy returns. Just because you've been forgiven. Can can you, no wonder he, well, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. This actually, this is the, the last one. Could you imagine the joy? And he speaks of it towards the end of the psalm. He knows that he's been on the receiving end of God's mercy and grace and forgiveness. He was a dead man. He should have been dead for what he did. That was the penalty for what he did. And God says through Nathan, I'm not going to put you to death. You surely will not die. God has put this sin away from you. (laughs) He has. Yes. Praise the Lord. My lips will shout your praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The one who has been forgiven of much, loves much. Can you even begin to imagine the joy that filled this heart, this man whose heart was after God's own heart. He declares that his tongue will sing aloud of God's righteousness as he shows forth his praise. I would have loved to see David in a praise and worship service after this. (laughs) I know that's a little weird, but just indulge me if you don't mind. You know how it is when, and I'm not, please, Don't misunderstand me, but sometimes I'm in the back and I I just love the worship tonight. And, you know, I just want to, I just want to, 
And I don't sing very well. I'm out of tune. I don't want to stumble anybody. You know, it does say make a joyful noise. I don't know how joyful my, the noise that comes out of my lips are, but I just want to, I just want to shout praise to the Lord. But you know, when, when things are just kind of mundane in our Christian lives, we just, you know, praise the Lord. How about that one song? I was thinking of this one song uh, the other day. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my... Wow, that's really convincing. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, talk down or even talk stink about how we praise and worship the Lord. But let's just, let's just be honest with ourselves, right? I will give you all my worship. Really? That's all your worship? That's all, that's all you got? I will give you all my worship. That's it. I will give you all my worship. I will shout to you what you have done for me. Check it out. I'm saved. Do you know what that means? I'm saved. Last night my daughter and I were having devotions. I don't know how we got on the the topic, but I was talking to her about how we're going to live forever. And it was one of those times when, you know how something just hits you? And it just hit me. I, you, are going to live for all eternity. You're never going to die. You're going to have a glorified body, and you will live forever and ever and ever and ever ever, for all eternity. And I mean, just just trying to get my mind around that. It was, and all of a sudden, I mean, I just started welling up with this joy. And I was like, that's right. Wow. And, and all I got is, I will give you all my... <laughs> Okay, I, I'll stop with that. I, I'm, I'm speaking of myself. I just, man. If it takes brokenness <laughs> to restore that joy, that praise, that thanksgiving, then I'm sorry, but bring it on. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to bring me back to that. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website 
at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.